The following program was pre-recorded on WFAN. It's time for Hello, My Name is Craig, our weekly candid conversation about gambling addiction. It's supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Now, here's Craig Carton. All right, good morning. Welcome to another edition of Hello, My Name is Craig. Craig Carton with you for the next 30 minutes talking about gambling addiction and addicts like uh, myself, a gambler in recovery. And happy to have from New Jersey, Rob on the line today. Rob, uh, like myself, is a gambler in recovery and uh, nice enough to share his personal story with you guys today. Rob, good morning. How you doing, pal? Morning, Craig. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Good. Uh, so first off, how old are you and uh, when was your last wager? Sure. So I'm 24 years old and my last bet was on November 12th of 2022. All right. So you're, you're coming up, uh, knock on wood, on a year, yeah? Uh, we're coming up on about uh, six, seven months, I think. We're pushing that seven-month mark. Uh, feeling really good at this point. That's great. All right, so let's uh, get into it. How old were you when you first got exposed to gambling and uh, knew what gambling was all about? Sure. I mean, I think the roots probably stem back to when I was pretty young in terms of my competitive nature. But I first got involved with gambling officially when I was about, well, when I was 18 years old with uh, Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. And were you, was it a thing where you were playing with your buddies, no big deal, just playing uh, some fantasy, everyone had a good time with it, or was it a problem from uh, Jump Street? I think it was a problem from the jump for me. Um, a lot of people uh, that I've spoken to who are in addiction recovery, they'll mention that you know they got into things by starting off with their friends or it started off as a social event. I was pretty much isolated from the beginning. I, uh, I got into it through commercials I saw on TV, and I thought, oh, I know a lot about sports. I, uh, I might as well give this a try. And I think right from the beginning, it was more anxiety than it was entertainment for me. Did you ever gamble with your buddies on games prior to getting involved in Daily Fantasy, or was that really the first entry to it? Uh, you know, looking back, I watched a lot of games with my family, so there wasn't much gambling when it came to that. But I think that for myself, the first time I really got involved with the competition and the uh, – the chance to win money was definitely alone through fantasy sports. So walk me through that. Um, you know, you started playing daily fantasy and it quickly kind of blossomed out of control where you were losing money and needed money uh, to continue. Like how did it manifest itself early on? Yeah, for sure. So right in the beginning, uh, I was playing the smaller contests. And so what would happen was I would get these wins right in the beginning where I was doubling or tripling what I had invested so to say, invested being a key word there. Right. Um, and I would feel like, hey, I know a lot about sports. This is going really well. And then maybe about a month or two in, uh, things started to turn. And that's when I started to lose a lot of uh, money. And at that point, I needed to borrow from family to uh, finance it. And I would say it was for, you know, X, Y, Z, different thing. It was never, hey, right. give me some money to gamble. But um so did, you know, any, did, a, did anybody know that you were playing uh, aggressive amounts of contests or entries, or did people just know, hey, he's a sports fan, no big deal, but no one had any idea kind of the depth of what you were doing? Yeah, dollar amounts were not something that I discussed with my friends. Uh, and then as they would increase over time, moving into regular sports betting, uh, they all knew me as the guy who knew a lot about sports and wanted to place wagers on it. Um, but I never really shared how much money was going into it. So no one really had any idea about the depth of the issue. They right. just knew I was spending a lot of time on it. Uh, one, one of the aspects of gambling I find, uh, Rob, was that 
you know, you become really adept at lying to people. You know, people that care about you, people that you've never lied to before, you never had a reason to lie to them. But now because you're borrowing money, which is one of the hardest things for people to do with each other, you know, you want to concoct a story and you wind up lying about things beyond just, you know, what you need the money for. And I'm wondering, when, as you look back on, you know, the decisions you were making and the things you were doing, would you agree that that became a part of your life as well? Absolutely. And I think that the worst part is you lie to the people that are closest to you because right. those are the access points by which you can get to the finances you need to continue the addiction. And so whether it be friends or family, I was definitely telling white lies at first, small lies that moved into bigger lies as the dollar amounts would move up. I mean, needing a couple hundred dollars like immediately is not something that a 18, 19-year-old kid really <laughs> goes through. Um, but when you're in a, a gambling addiction, you... Uh, you burn through money a lot faster than people realize. And, yeah, I was definitely telling some lies in order to get that done. So and what, what before we get to, you know, what your bottom of the barrel moment was, and for me, you're a kid. You're young. You're 24 years old. So I think, you, you know, your story resonates because it's representative of a lot of young people who are now gambling for the first time, you know, uh, certainly legally, but for a lot of people just gambling for the first time in any manner, whether it's fantasy or actually, you know, wagers on the, on the outcome of singular games – was there ever a point before you got to your rock bottom moment where a buddy of yours, a girlfriend, mom, dad, a relative said, hey, Rob, uh, you seem off today. You seem like you're distracted. There's something going on. You want to talk? Anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, well, my uh, gambling addiction spanned the course of six years. And over those six years, I had gone to college. So I'd had a lot of different uh, friendships and relationships come and go. And the reality was that I was never present in the moment when I was with anyone. I was always thinking about a game I had action on, a bet that I could place later on, sneaking off to place bets. So with girlfriends specifically, I mean, you could imagine if your significant other wasn't paying too much attention to you, how that might make you feel. And there was many times when people would tell me, hey, where are you? What are you doing right now? Why aren't you giving me any attention? And they were in the right to do so. I only cared about keeping the action going when I was in the heat of things. And I neglected a lot of friends and relationships as a result. And those are people that are no longer in my life. Which people are no longer in your life? Uh, that would be some friendships that I had uh, let go throughout the course of college because I was focused on gambling. And so you're, talk, you're talking about people that were in your life that you know were, were in your social circle that because of your gambling – they went their own separate way or people that you borrowed money from that you couldn't pay back. I'm just trying to walk through, like, did you lose people close to you? Or are you talking about your kind of fringe relationships that just didn't mean anything to you because you're more focused on gambling? Well, I think that in the moment, none of it meant much to me because it was all only a focus on gambling. But looking back, I lost a lot of close friends and relationships, not as a direct result of, you know, borrowing money off them or something like that, but just neglecting them as people, neglecting right. our relationships, because I didn't care about anything else except keeping the bet going. So they were. Well, let me stop. I want to stop. I want to stop you there because I think that's important. Because one of the things I talk about, you know, when we try to talk about for people out there that wonder, well, what are the signs? Uh, you know, I'm not a gambler, but you know, I got friends or your kids or relatives that gamble. I wonder what the signs are. What you just described is a is a is a typical sign, which is. Uh, Leo, you don't want to hang out anymore. Uh, socially, you, you know, you kind of take a step back. You're more of a loner. You do things more alone. 
and you're not as interested in doing things with people that you normally did. Then beyond that, the thing you talked about a few minutes ago, which is very normal, which is even when you're there, you're not there. You know, you're not interested in other people's stories or, you know, you know what's going on at work or at home because you're so preoccupied with gambling and what am I gambling on tonight and where am I getting the money for it and, you know, how am I getting paid? How am I paying? And, you know, what games, when do the games start? And it becomes really all-encompassing and all-consuming where it's almost impossible to maintain an active, healthy relationship with anybody because you're so focused on gambling. Absolutely. And that's exactly what I was going through. So you hit the nail on the head with that. I think that when I look back, you know, I could have been, there's a lot of things that I passed up on in life and relationships that I could still have now and friendships along that line um, that I just wasn't concerned about in any way when I was gambling, because as you said, you withdraw, you isolate because the people around you are just inhibiting you from gambling more is the reality when you're, uh, when you're really in the heat of things. So So before we take, before we take a break uh, and get to the good stuff and there is good stuff because you're in recovery if you don't mind sharing, after a six-year run of gambling where it overtook your life and relationships and everything else, what for you was the bottom of the barrel moment? How did it, where did it go south? How did it go south? And how bad was it? Yeah, so I think that um, my answer to this question is always uh, the same. And it's when I got to the point uh, financially that I could not gamble my way out of the hole that I had dug. And I reached that point. And let me stop you there. I, po- I apologize. That's not me. I don't mean to yeah. interrupt. Was it? Did it get beyond fantasy? Did you start graduating over to casino yeah. games, sports betting, and, and anything? Or was it still exclusively playing daily fantasy? No, it was a full graduation. Went through the full cycle. So went from fantasy to sports betting to trying to hit parlays, sports betting, to needing the action faster and moving to casino games. Got it. All right. And, so now yeah. you're, you're, you're full on... If there's a game to be played, you're the huckleberry. You're willing to play it. You're running out of money. You can't cover the losses. You can't bet your way out of it. And now you're in a bad spot, and what happens? Well, you have to borrow money from a bank or from family and pay off the debt, and then you spend the next four to five months working a second job to pay it all back. And I probably did that five times over the course of six years. So I define that as my rock bottom because that's how much I loved gambling. It was when the point came at which I could not gamble anymore, not by my own choice to quit, but by my own like situation financially, that's when I felt at my lowest, my lowest self-esteem, and, of course, my lowest financial position, which leads into everything else. So I got to ask, so without, like, a significant or singular, you know, moment or event, mm-hmm. why did you decide to go get help that someone – you know, kind of forced your hand on that? Did someone suggest it? Or did you literally just wake up one day and have the epiphany, I can't continue to do this. I got to go get myself some help. Yeah, so it was like I was living Groundhog Day. It was every sure. single day was the same story. It was you wake up in the morning, you check to see what happened with the bet you made overnight, you see that it lost, and you end up chasing all day after that amount, after that feeling. And I did wake up one day and think, this is insane. Why am I living the same life every day expecting a different result? And it took six years of, you know, denying it sure. and thinking that, oh, I can bail myself out by winning big. But even when I would win big over those six years, I'd end up in the same position within a day or two. So wins just fueled future losses for me. 
And one day it finally just dawned on me that, hey, if you don't want to feel this way anymore, you have to do something different. And that's why I made the change. And uh, recovery. before you went to your GA or some other type of recovery place, did you go to uh, family first and say, hey, listen, I got a problem. I want you to know that, you know, I'm aware I have a problem and I'm going to go get help. Or did you do it all by yourself? No, I'm very close with my family. And I think that throughout the course of my gambling, the numbers weren't always obvious, but the emotional effect and the like physical toll that it took on me was pretty evident to my family. And so when I told them, hey, I've reached the point that I want to get help. They were very supportive, but it wasn't much of a shock to them that right. I was needing help. Uh, so at that point, I reached out and I got an addiction therapist. And huh. that went okay. But until I reached a uh, program and found a group to talk to, I didn't feel as if I was making any significant strides in my recovery. Let me stop you right there. We'll continue to hear how recovery is going for you. You're six months in. This is Hello, My Name is Craig. Back to more of Hello, My Name is Craig on The Fan with your host, Craig Carton, and supported by the Council on Compulsive Gambling of New Jersey, 800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to Hello, My Name is Craig. Happy to have Rob uh, on the line, a gambling recovery, uh, about six months now, which is really great, by the way, Rob. I'm really proud of you, and you should be really proud of the accomplishment. It, it's, you know, the first six months are obviously the hardest. Uh, and the fact that you're getting through it and you're working your way towards the November date of, for one year, you know, day by day is a really great thing. So you for before I get to anything else, you know, just know that it's a great accomplishment. I, I do hope you keep up the good work on that and stay true to your desire to be uh, you know, gambling free. Uh, you mentioned going into the break there that, you know, you, you seem to be a kind of kid, and tell me if I'm wrong, who's really independent, self-starter, you know, probably did pretty well in school, had a good job, and didn't need a lot of support to get through life. And it seems like you're attacking recovery that way. And I'm wondering if you've had any moments where you felt like you were in it all by yourself or you needed help uh, from other people to really get to the place that you ultimately want to get to. Yeah. So, firstly, thank you for the kind words. I'm very happy to be in this recovery process. And hearing positive feedback like that, it always does help. Um as a self-starter, yes, I completely agree. That's how I view myself. I view myself as very independent. It actually took me longer than it probably should have to seek the help that I needed because I had this mindset that I could do this on my own. I could recover on my own. I can find a way to beat this by myself because that's what I always did. And when I stepped foot into a recovery room and you know started to talk with a group, it dawned on me like, hey, I'm not the only one going through this. And you know, I don't know anything about recovery. How can I do it by myself, to be honest? So by talking to the other people in that room, I not only learned more about gambling addiction as a whole, but I learned more about myself in the sense that, hey, we're all like different. We're individuals, but we're living as a reflection of one another. And there's a lot that I can learn from you, even if you're 40, 50 years older than me, because we're all going through the same issues, the same draw to this out, outward addiction. And Going to that room was a huge step for me because it was the first time in my life that I admitted, hey, maybe you do need some assistance in this process. And have you found it easy to talk to um, other men and or women? Because the majority of them in these groups you go to are obviously going to be older than you. And I wonder how that process has been like for you because I, I hated it at first. Um, and I didn't want to talk to guys that have been in the room for so long. I didn't feel like connected with them. And it took me a very long time to, to be totally frank with you, to feel comfortable in a room. And I will say this, the benefit of that room for me 
once I did feel comfortable was the acknowledgement that there was nothing unique or special about me. And I thought for a long time, totally ego, by the way, all ego, was that I was special, that no one else could ever process how I process gambling. Nobody else ever felt that way. I was very unique. You know, you have no understanding of how I did this, that, the other thing. And it took me a while to realize that, you know, everybody's story, regardless of the amounts of money of the game, was exactly the same as my story. And once I got that part of recovery, then the rest of it came pretty easily. Yeah, no, I, I understand that completely. I mean, it was a huge ego hit to go in there, like, you know, realize that everyone's going through the same thing. Yeah, that's well said. But when I got into those rooms, um, originally it felt like a uh, more like a father-son connection because these, these guys that I was talking to, most of them are men, and most of them are about 40 years older than me. Um, it was like a father-son connection. I'm close with my dad, so, you know, I'm familiar with that connection. And it was very comfortable for me at first. But it didn't feel like I had anything to give to them. But what I came to realize over the course of a couple months is gambling has changed so significantly since the point at which these guys were gambling. Like my sponsor, he's been clean since 92. Since 1992, the rate of gambling addiction has skyrocketed in America specifically because of this online gambling. So when I go in there now and I'm speaking to a crowd that did do online gambling, like the guys in their 30s, maybe mid-30s, 40s, um, I feel like I can contribute a lot, and that makes me not only comfortable, but it makes me feel like a part of something bigger. And that's why I really enjoy going to these meetings. Uh, and how do you feel about sharing your story in those meetings, good or bad? I think it's good. Um, so at first, I was very uncomfortable with it because I was just coming off of, you know, the worst of it. So I was saying, hey, like last week, I was in the casino. I was upset. I was borrowing money. So it was very fresh. As time went on, um, I've found a lot of lessons from my story. And now my entire life is actually predicated on using the negatives in my life to spin them into positives to help other people. So it's become more comfortable as time has gone on. For I, sure. I think that's great. I think you got your head on your shoulders right. It sounds like, you know, you learned your lesson and it didn't, it didn't cost you the way it costs a lot of people, whether that be financially, legally, et cetera. And I wonder if you could share with other people listening right now Yo, how much easier life is while you're new to recovery and only six months in, just from a standpoint of lifestyle, mental and emotional lifestyle, not having to think 24-7 about your next wager or money, how much better your life is just on that alone? Absolutely. I think that as compulsive gamblers, 95% of the problems in our life are caused by gambling. And... You know, life has problems. It is what it is. But when you're adding problems to your life, you're making things miserable. You're making things stressful. When you take away the gambling, though you might miss the rush, you have the peace that comes with it. And that peace, although it's sometimes a little stale, admittedly, um, you know, you're not worried about where your next meal is going to come from. You're not worried about the score of a game in China that's going on at three in the morning. You're not worried about anything except the present moment. And, you know, we're only on this earth for so long. If we're wasting all our time thinking about, am I going to win this? Am I going to win this? Then even after you win it, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep looking into the future, looking outward from yourself. And I've found that since I stopped gambling, I've been able to work on myself much more individually. And I feel like I'm growing as a person for the very first time. And what message would you send to the young guys who might be uh, where you were, you know, six months ago, 
knee deep in it. Walls are kind of caving in. Money's a problem. Relationships are going south. And you're not quite sure, you know, how you can pull through it. And you can't possibly imagine life without gambling. What would you say to a young kid your age that, you know, isn't there yet, but recognizes they got they got a problem? What would you say to that person? I would say to that person to give it a try, give recovery a try, and that when they go in, they can see what can happen if they keep going down that path. I mean, the stories that I've heard in meeting rooms are just, they're so impactful because as a young kid, you know, you're not, most of us, we're not married. We don't have any major assets. We're just losing money and we're lying and that kind of stuff in the short term. Um, as you grow older, you're gaining assets in life, whether that be a house, a marriage, a car. And if you go down this path of gambling and you let it overtake your life the way that it is currently, you're going to lose all of it. And there's no doubt in my mind that that's what's going to happen because gambling is just simply not a profitable endeavor. If it's fun for you, which it is for millions of people, great. When it's not, when it's the anxiety, the constant chasing, the rush that you're chasing, know yourself. Look inwards in yourself and think, why am I even doing this? Well, like, I'm really proud. I think your story resonates. I think it's great. You know, I think we need more people your age group, you know, to share real-life stories about how gambling had a negative impact on their lives. And like you just said, and you're right. You know, for the majority of people, gambling's not a problem. You know, you can gamble. You can uh, do it recreationally. It's fun. It's social. It's all good. But, you know, there's a percentage of us, you know, unknowingly they get into it that find that we can't handle it, and it overtakes us. And, you know, some people that leads them to prison, some people that it leads them to the grave legitimately, uh, and sadly, and, and other people are able to get the help they need before it's too late and live a very, you know, valuable life uh, filled with love and successes and appreciation and joy. And I'm really glad that you were able to find that side of it, you know, before it was too late, before you went down a really bad road, and I think more people your age sharing those stories can only uh, be better for our entire community. And I really appreciate you coming on. If I can ever return the favor, please let me know. And I hope to meet you one day. And my very best to you and your family. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right, that's Rob, 24-year-old kid from New Jersey. Seems like he's really going in a, in a good direction. Yeah, I want to say just one more thing before we get out of here for the day and turn it over to Joe Beningo. You know, you heard the story about John Morant this past week. It resonates. Mental health is a serious thing. Addiction is a serious thing, whether it's drugs, alcohol, or gambling. Mental health is real. If you have somebody in your life that you're concerned about, don't wait for your phone to ring with bad news. Please pick up the phone and reach out and just say hi and see how the person in your life is doing. A lot of times, addicts who feel like there is no tomorrow will not pick up the phone. And if you feel like you have somebody in your life that's going down a bad road or having trouble, it takes you 30 seconds to pick up the phone and call them to reach out to see how they're doing. In doing it, you very well might save their lives. So hopefully uh, you'll consider that. If you are somebody that feels like, you know, uh, tomorrow's not worth living, that the walls are caving in, that you'll never overcome financial hardship, relationship hardship, job hardship... Please use my life story as an example that you can overcome everything and anything. It takes hard work, sure. It takes dedication, sure. It takes uh, major changes in lifestyle, absolutely. But if you want to live, if you desire having a life, 
post-addiction, it just takes that very first step. And for a lot of people, that very first step is nothing more than a phone call. And I promise you, if you pick up the phone and call somebody who cares, you will get through it. And I hope that that story resonates with many of you out there listening. And I never like to end the show on a negative or morbid note. But just seeing the stuff with John Morant this past week brought it back a front and center for me personally. Uh, and I'm grateful that I am here to be able to share my story with you. And I know that I wouldn't be if not for the fact that I picked up the phone and I called a friend who took my call. Much more coming up in the weeks ahead in regards to gambling addiction. Joe Beningo is up next. And Evan and I are back Tuesday after the Memorial Day weekend at 2 o'clock as always right here on WFAN.